RUF Gainesville. U251CG Gainesville. From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios. We are ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, W. Calling Gator Nation. You are invited to be part of Gator history on Friday, February 10th for the official dedication of Steve Spurrier Way at Celebration Point Promenade in front of Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. Lots of dignitaries and press will be on hand to witness this historic event. And it's open to all who bleed orange and blue. It's the grand unveiling of Steve Spurrier Way. It's all happening Friday, February 10th from 530 to 615 at Spurrier's Gridiron Grill in Celebration Point. Everybody knows that Meldon Law is the only official injury law firm partner of the Florida Gators. But since they opened their doors in 1971, they have been the community partner of Gainesville, Ocala, and North Central Florida. Meldon Law is there through all kinds of weather, with offices in Gainesville, Lake City, and Ocala. Meldon Law, we won't back down. On the road, there's a thin line between safety and tragedy. Don't cross it. Give law enforcement, first responders, and service professionals the space needed to do their jobs. When you see flashing lights, move over a lane or slow down 20 miles an hour below the posted speed limit. See lights? Move over, Florida. It's common sense. It's common courtesy. And it's the law. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. What does it feel like to file with TaxLayer and get your guaranteed maximum refund? It feels like the last level of a video game, facing off against the final boss who stands between you and your refund. All your refund is belong to me. Using the power of TaxLayer like a secret power-up he doesn't see coming. Only the most tax confident can defeat me. Throwing your laptop at his video game face and watching him crumble into a giant pile of shiny coin tax refunds. Oh, not fair. You use TaxLayer. Save up to 80% when you file with TaxLayer. Start for free. Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Hello and welcome into a Thursday edition of Sports Scene, ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF. I'm Steve Russell. Time to eat some lunch, talk some sports. Zach will produce today. Uh, got a good show for you. Uh, he's going to pick up the phone right now. And we're going to get a hold of the coach, Herm Edwards, to talk a little NFL, preview the playoffs, talk about the Buccaneers firing offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich, uh, the future of Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, all that coming up. Uh, also today, uh, Chris Doring uh, will join us from the SEC Network to talk uh, college football, NIL, all that stuff. I'm sure you saw Chris's comments about the Rashada situation, and uh, we will – uh, discuss more of that with him today. The voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly, will join us at uh, 1220. And uh, Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus will also uh, join us here on the program. And whoop, that's on the air, Zach. Okay. We will uh, get your thoughts on uh, basketball. Last, Who would have thought? But let's not say the Gators. Any team is going to shoot 8% from the field. 8% and not only have a chance to win, but arguably could have won. I've never seen that before. And it happened. And 
Mark Wise said it when he was here on Monday. That's the game you saw last night was what I expected. Knock down, drag out. You're going to see the same thing in Starkville Saturday. The Gators did some good things on defense. I think they played better defensively this time than they did against A&M when they played them at home. And I don't know if you saw it uh, in Lunardi's bracketology. Florida is uh, second four out this week. Now, that was before last night. But we're going to turn to football here. Lots to talk about with the coach, Herm Edwards. Of course, you see him covering the NFL for ESPN. Uh, Herm, good to have you as always. So many things I want to get with you about. But I want to talk about put your coach hat on and being part of an organization again. What happens with a guy like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers in terms of whether they stay or whether they go? Are there, do they have talks with the, with the coach and the GM? Does their agent do the talking? How does that work? Well, obviously, you as the head coach are going to talk with the player. And, and it, goes through, it goes through different phases of it. Um, obviously, they're going to have to talk to, 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 to the GM. Um, sometimes ownership even gets involved in it. But I think the first conversation is with um, the player and the head coach. Because the thing you want to know as a head coach is like there's going to be a lot of stuff said um, and whether it gets misinterpreted, you know, it's like the, it's like the guppy story, you know, <laughs> it started in Miami and the time it got to California, it was a great white whale because everybody adds a little something to it. Right. So right. you just want to make sure you see the guy face to face and say, look, we've been together for a long time. You can trust me. And I always take my coaching hat off. I always, when I talk to players, I say, coaching hat's off, man. I'm, I'm a player now, just like you. So you just give me the scoop. Just tell me so I know. So I know. I don't want to be caught off guard. And anything else that happens, and it, all the other stuff, I don't have to worry about. I want to hear it from your lips to my ears, and then we're good. And that, that's how I've always dealt with stuff like that. And then, then, then from there, you know, the money and all that other stuff, that's out of your hands as a coach. They might ask you, Coach, do you want him? Yes. Or, or I'm okay if he goes. They might ask me that, but I'm going to talk to the player first. Okay. Um, Byron Leftwich uh, apparently is let go uh, with Tampa as the offensive coordinator. Maybe some other changes there. How difficult is that, Herm, as a head coach when you have to make moves like that? Very difficult because it's more than just a head. It's just more than the coach. It's his family as well. And um, I think when you get in this profession, um, you realize that it's, um, you know, it's one of those things that there's, there's, great, there's great highs when, when things are going well, but you have to know when things are going not well, um, you know, all of a sudden that comes to your doorstep, whether it's the head coach, whether it's an assistant coach, and it's never personal. It's really not. And I think coaches that get involved in this have to understand that. It's just sometimes you got to make a move just to you know change things around now. And I get that you know okay they're going to let Byron go, but this thing went wrong in a lot of ways. Uh, when you think about Tampa, they have Captain America, and basically, you know they wanted him to try to win every game, and that was evident last last game they played. Which they didn't win. You can't ask him to go back 66 times and throw a football. That's not fair. 
You can't do it, and you can't protect them. They were 30 seconds running the football. This was all about Captain America, and, and you can't put him in. He's 45 years old. You can't allow you, – you can't put that on his plate. Without him, this team uh, probably wouldn't have got eight wins, maybe six wins, right, or five wins. So I, I just think that there's a lot of things that they're going to have to try to fix there. Um, and I think it starts with the quarterback. They better know what he's doing because it doesn't matter what everything else, how everything else shakes out. Who's the quarterback? And if he's not, you better figure out who is going forward. Herm Edwards, our guest here on Sports Scene from ESPN, talking NFL. Let's get to the games this weekend, mm-hmm. Herm. Uh, they all look like you know really, really good matchups. Any one in particular intrigue you? Do you smell upset in the in any of these? Well, I think anytime you play within the division. You know, the Philadelphia Eagles have had a rest. Um, quarterback might not be 100%. All of a sudden, the Giants have presented a problem in the fact that they're in your they're in your division. You played them twice. You beat them twice. But now their quarterback is a little bit different. He's gotten better. This football team's gotten better. His ability to run now all of a sudden becomes a problem. It becomes a problem because this is the – uh, the play that uh, you can't practice against. It, it just comes unannounced. With that being said, is Philadelphia's quarterback 100%? I don't know if he is because their rushing attack is built around his ability to run. I mean, when you think about the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, they run for almost 150 yards a game, and he's a big part of it. And if he is not 100%, uh, you got to be careful with him, right? Because you know, look, this guy's a heck of a runner. He had 165 carries for uh, almost 800 yards and 13 touchdowns. That's just running the ball. No less passing the ball. So he is their offense. He makes it go. He makes it work. That'll be interesting to see how this thing balls, you know, turns out with, with both quarterbacks. One being hurt, another guy all of a sudden being hot. Giants have nothing to lose. They'll say they're playing on house money. And the fact that no one anticipated them to be in the playoffs, and they're playing in the division opponent. I want to focus on the two New York teams for a second here, Coach, mm-hmm. because you mentioned it. I mean, Jones was considered by some, if not a bust, then yeah. you know just okay given his draft status. And you get a new coaching staff in there, and he's been very, very good, especially lately. And then you go with the Jets. You get a guy who maybe lost the locker room a couple of times. How much difference does a new coach or an offensive coordinator make in terms of turning something like that around? Well, especially at the quarterback position. It's, is it, you know, and I've always said this. It's funny when, when owners hire a, a head coach, you know, he comes, from a, he comes from this place where they got this nice system and he loves the system. You hear him talking about that. Well, I tell him all the time, I said, you know, the coach is coming. None of those players are coming with him. He has the system, but those players aren't coming with him. He's, the coach is coming. Right. And then when the coach gets there, he's got to realize, you know, um, I'm going to have to tweak my system because I don't have all these players. And when you have a quarterback, especially, it's critical, critical because – it has a lot to do with him having success and maybe not having so much success, right? And your ability to have a flexible system is very important. And you see some of these guys where they come from and other players get coached and they go somewhere else and they fail. 
And you see other guys walk in and go, okay, they adjust the system. And quarterback becomes a pretty good player. Interesting. Yeah. Last question. You've dealt with general managers as a head coach. Uh, mm-hmm. Very proud here of Rick Carthon, you know, being a Gator uh, who gets yep. the, the Titans GM job. How, we all hear about coaches that get fired, but, you know, GMs do too. But how yep. important is the GM and the success of the franchise and the relationship GM to head coach? Critical. Critical. Because you want a situation, you know, some coaches say they want all the control. I, I, I was never that guy. I didn't want all the control. I, I grew up in the, I grew up in the, in the league where GMs and, and I watched head coaches, you know, have this balance. Started with Carl Peterson and Dick Vermeil for me in Philadelphia. And then I watched it in, in, in Tampa uh, with Tony, Rich McKay. I, I, I watched it, obviously, in Kansas City. Uh, with Whitey Duvall, who taught me how to scout, along with Marty. So when I became a head coach, I said, look, i, I got to get a good GM and a guy that understands the type of players I want, understands I'm not going to get all the time the, the guys I want, but something similar close to that. And when you have that relationship, th- there's, a, there's a sense of I'm good. Because you can't do it all. You just, as a head, you cannot. It's hard enough dealing with the players and the coaches. So you want a guy that understands this is my philosophy, and he says these are the kind of players I want. You, I need your help to go get these guys. John Lynch is a prime example, right, to San Francisco. Yeah. Prime example. I can remember when John was first offered that job, we had a conversation, and I said, John, I said, you're ready. Don't worry about it. You've been on television. You know football. You watched us build the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You were a part of that. And I said, you know how to build a football team. And he's a good friend as well, and he's done a magnificent job. With yeah, he has. Yeah. Herm, I always appreciate you, and I always appreciate you taking time to talk to us here. Thank you very much. Thank you, my friend. You got it, Herm. Herm Edwards, the coach, joining us here on Sports Scene. Twelve fourteen. time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. The voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly, will talk about last night's game. You can call him, email him questions next, ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Sports Center. Here's what's trending now on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon. I'm Matt Quartararo. The Gators women's basketball team hopes to earn redemption against the Tennessee Lady Bulls tonight as SEC play rolls on in Knoxville. The Gators dropped the SEC opener at home to Tennessee earlier in the year, but Florida hopes to get revenge and put an end to the team's three-game losing streak. You can tune in to coverage right here starting at 615. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have officially fired offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich after Monday night's loss to the Cowboys in the wildcard round. Leftwich spent three seasons with the Bucs, including the Super Bowl 55 winning season. In high school hoops, Gainesville takes on Santa Fe, O'Call and St. Francis square off, and Buholz meets Eastside. Meanwhile, in girls' hoops, Bradford and Gainesville tip off at 6.30, and St. Francis and O'Call tip at 6. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Matt Quarteraro. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. I've been telling you about a terrific local charity for a while now. That's the Road Heaver Boys Ranch in Palatka. And you've really helped them out because they are sustained by your donations of either unwanted or just vehicles you don't need anymore, cars, trucks, uh, motorcycles, boats, just about any kind of vehicle, the Road Heaver Boys Ranch 
will certainly take it from you. And that donation is tax deductible. The kids there uh, are there at the facility from at-risk homes. They learn real-life skills because they take the vehicles, fix them up, and then go and resell them. So that's why really ask to consider donating your vehicle to the Road Heaver Boys Ranch. If you want to find out more about what they do, how they do it, you can Google Boys Ranch Palatka or go to their website. That's rbr.org, rbr.org. Hi, this is Dr. Luis Rodriguez of Exceptional Dentistry. Hear what our clients have to say about their experience at Exceptional Dentistry. What you can say about how the procedures have affected my life is that they haven't. I lose track of which teeth are my real teeth and which are the implants and which have crowns and which don't. They don't give me pain and I'm able to use them and I'm 71 years old and you know I can still eat steak and apples and whatever else I want to eat. What I would like people to know about exceptional dentistry is that it's a, just a good place to come to have dental work done. From the staff, through the physicians, through the dentists, um, they're top notch. I, I just don't think you could find a better place to have dental work done than exceptional dentistry. This is Dr. Luis Rodriguez, and if you think you have dental problems that are too big to overcome, we're here for you. Please visit us at ExceptionalDentistry.com. That's ExceptionalDentistry.com. When temperatures drop, COVID-19 cases may rise. So if you test positive and are at high risk, act fast, even if your symptoms feel mild. Ask your provider if an authorized oral treatment could be right for you. Visit TreatCOVID19.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. Have you ever noticed that when the afternoon light hits your floors, you can see everything, including dust? So much dust. And that floor dust gets kicked up into the air, compromising the quality of air you and your family breathe. Eesh. Swiffer Heavy Duty Sweeper is the fast and easy way to clean your floors with ultra-thick pads that trap and lock dust before it gets in the air. Just a couple minutes a day. And dust is gone. Swiffer Heavy Duty Sweeper. <sighs> Proud partner of the American Lung Association. Divisional round of the NFL playoffs kicks off with a Saturday doubleheader. Hi, this is Scott Graham. Join me and the rest of our Westwood One crew for all the action. First, the Jacksonville Jaguars take on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Then, it's an NFC East battle between the Giants and Eagles in Philly. Coverage begins at 4 p.m. Eastern. From the wild card round all the way to Super Bowl 57 in Arizona, the NFL playoffs are right here. Coverage starts Saturday afternoon at 4 right here on WRUF. WRUF Radio App, your source for sports every second of every hour of every day. You are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. This is Gators head men's basketball coach Todd Golden, and you are listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF Radio App. Wow, what a great segue coming from Todd Golden. Thank you. Uh, later on today, Chris Doring joins us from the SEC Network. Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus will be here. But now, one of my favorite guests will join us, the voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly. If you have a question, comment for him, call us, 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. Sean, i got to tell you, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm watching the game last night and I started to chuckle because I'm thinking I wonder what Sean Kelly is thinking 
about that first half. What was going through your mind? Steve, good to be with you. Yep. And um, I knew you were going to start with this. <laughs> I just knew you were going to start with this. I'll tell you what. I've been doing college games and pro games since the late 90s. Um, so thousands. I mean, literally. Yeah. Uh, I I have never seen anything like I did in the first half last night at the college or pro level. Two for 26. Yeah. Um, and thank goodness you had seven made free throws to get the 12 points at halftime. And then you lose by two? Right. You lost by 30, I mean, with a number like that. I mean, I, I tell you what, it was it was strange. And and good looks, too. I mean, there were a couple kind of, you know, wild shots, circus shots, um, well-contested shots. But for the most part, they were getting really good looks and just could not get it to go down. It was crazy. Um, so, <laughs> I didn't know what to think at halftime. <laughs> Although I, I thought I thought to myself, they're defending really well. This can only get better. I bet we've got a great game down the stretch. And sure enough, you know, we did. Unfortunately, the Gators just couldn't finish it. That certainly happened. I thought, Sean, in this game, Florida defended A&M better than the meeting here. Would you agree? Yes. There was a couple things that did better. Um, one was that. The other was handled AM's pressure much better. Only seven turnovers in the game. Like I said, got good looks. But look, ever since really Christmas, this team's figured it out defensively. Um, I have no faults with the way they play defense right now. And yeah, it's just this it's either getting out of a hole early or just these long stretches or, you know, bad shooting stretches plaguing this team right now. They've cleaned up so many other things. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think if you're to to compare uh, meeting A to meeting B in, a, in that two week span, I, I thought they played it much better than they did the first time. Got some emails here for you. CJ says not basketball knowledgeable, but A and M's big guy would just drive his shoulder into Castleton on the way to the basket. Is that allowed? Is it now permissible to extend your elbow into the defensive player to prevent a steal? No, it's not. But it just depends on who's officiating the game. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, Marvel got away with a few of those last night in playing against Castleton. There was one in particular that was blatantly obvious. Launched himself at Castleton, right side of the rim, the end of my, the end of the floor to my left. I remember it vividly. Um, that one was for sure. I can't believe there's not a foul here, an offensive foul. Um, but yeah, it just kind of depends on the whistle a little bit. But uh, by rule, no, you cannot launch yourself into a defender. And you certainly not, you cannot clear out with your elbow. You can use your elbow to, to create your, your, your space, if you will, but you can't clear out or hook a guy. Uh, Steven says, uh, Sean, what do you think is Florida's biggest weakness at this point in the season? Shooting. <laughs> Making shots. That's what it is. Um, that's exactly what it is. There's not a knockdown shooter on this team right now. Uh, and then collectively, they they have been unable to put together two halves of, you know, shooting better than, let's just say, 40% at this point. So uh, that's that's what's hurting this team at the moment. Everything else is going just fine. It's just that. And, and, and Steve, I say that, and I just almost start laughing at myself because isn't the goal of the game to put the ball in the hole? Yeah, so, it is. Uh, it's, it's, if, if, it, it may only be one thing, but it's a big thing right now. Uh, Lucas says, uh, I'm in the Keys right now, so you, Sean, are his outlet for consuming U.S. force. wants you to know uh, he thinks you and Lee uh, do a great job. And I asked the question about 
He said, you know, did you think they had a chance to win shooting 8%? Already went over that. William says, a miracle Florida even had a chance to win the game at the end, scoring 12 in the first half. I believe you and I could at least uh, do that sarcasm, kind of. What has to be eventually determined, and maybe it already has been, if Collins a dude. Dudes take over when the entire team is struggling. At times he disappears from games. We flat out don't have a bucket getter when times get bad. Do you agree? Well, he, I'll tell you what, he's a dude here in the last couple of weeks. I mean, so he had – let me get my box score here real quick. I want to make sure I've got this right. Um, yeah, double-double, 14 points, 13 rebounds, six block shots. We have not seen a line like that since Anthony Davis. And Davis was really one of the first guys to start putting up, you know, five-plus blocks and double-doubles smashed together. And Collins had back-to-back double-doubles now, um, and his scoring is up uh, – not 19 and 10, but certainly when it comes to these SEC games, he's, he's really starting to produce as much as he can. And, and this is with teams doubling him almost every possession. Um, so I, I think he's been remarkable, quite frankly. Um, but he's got, because he's getting doubled like that, you can't lean on him solely. And they've got to have somebody relieve the pressure by knocking down shots and making teams pay for, for, for sending two, sometimes three guys at him. Matthew emails, and he said, uh, listening to Steve's show, he talked about this week being uh, uh, two games when there weren't going to be a lot of points scored. As you look at Mississippi State, do you agree? Is this going to be another game like we saw last night? Yeah, it's going to be in the mud. I mean, I think most of these games with Florida right now are going to be in the mud, and they're in a stretch right now where I think they absolutely have to have Saturday's game in Starkville and then probably have to have the same mentality for Wednesday against South Carolina because after that it is brutal starting with Kansas State, who, um, by the way, is far and away uh, one of the, the best teams in the country right now. I'd put them top five or six. Uh, they're going to be especially tough at home. And then you're going to follow that up with the Tennessee's, Alabama's, and the other more powerful teams in the conference. So, yeah, another muddy game on Saturday probably. Uh, but you never know. Maybe Maybe – this is the thing about the college game right now. We'll see two for 26 and a half of basketball last night, and then Saturday will come around and the Gators will shoot the lights out. And there's no explanation <laughs> yeah. on either side. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I, 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 ca- I caution myself and others to sit here and try and predict what's going to happen almost day to day. We've got a lot of emails today, but if you want to call uh, to talk to Sean, he'll be here uh, one more segment with us, 392-8255, but we'll continue uh, with the emails. Uh, this is Dan. Sean, uh, he said, Sean, great call, listened last night, tough night for the Gators. He says, is Alabama the cream of the crop now in our league? Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Alabama is the best team. And then there's, a, then there's a two or three group right behind them and then everybody else um, that can beat or get beaten on any given night. But, yeah, Alabama is the best team that I've seen in our league so far. Uh, Mark says, what's up with Myron Jones? Couldn't throw it in the ocean. All of a sudden, he seems to have found his stroke. What do you see in his improvement? Confidence. We'll start with that. Um, and I think just kind of sticking with it, too. I mean, just talking to him the last couple of days, you know, obviously he made his first start of the season last night. Uh, I think he has, he has decided here, this is my fifth season. It's up to Colin uh, Castleton, Kyle Lofton, and myself to kind of lead the way here. And he's done that. Um, in a number of different ways on the floor. Now the shot's going down a little bit. He had 10 last night, had to shoot a volume to get it, but uh, he's confident. And, and look, if you go back to the last possession last night, 
um, Myron Jones was not the guy that they designed that play for. Um, they were trying to get it to Colin Castleton and have him attack the rim, uh, go to the free throw line and tie it, or you know get an and one and win the thing. So it just it just A and M did a good job of blitzing Jones on the catch on that initial pass from the sideline, and he was forced to put up a shot that doesn't look good, and then makes everybody say, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe they." designed a play for Jones or anything like that. That's not the case. The, the play was designed for Jones to facilitate um, and getting it to Castleton was the hope. So um, I don't want anybody to bang on Myron for that last shot last night because he's he's been a reason why the games have kind of turned it in the, in the right direction here since the start of the conference schedule. One more segment with Sean coming up, 1228. Time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. Live from Weimer Hall on the campus of the University of Florida, ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-513-1652. 800-513-1652. That's 800-513-1652. Hi, I'm Maria Youngblood, an attorney at Melden Law and graduate from the University of Florida. Everybody knows that Melden Law is the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators, but since we first opened our doors in 1971, we've been the community partner of Gainesville in North Central Florida. Melden Law is there through all kinds of weather with offices in Gainesville, Lake City, and Ocala. Learn more at MeldenLaw.com. Again, that's MeldenLaw.com. Melden Law, we won't back down. heading this year. No matter where your travels may take you, you want to get there safely and securely. And that means knowing your vehicle is up for the challenge. Hi, Steve Russell here. Don't roll the dice with the chain stores. Take your vehicle to the same place I do. Dave Mays Automotive. People in the area have been trusting Dave Mays Automotive since they opened their doors way back in 1975. Imports, domestics, diesel, fleet service, they can handle anything from engines, AC and heating, transmissions, tires, brake service, and more. And don't forget about their famous bug check. They go over your entire car, making sure there's no nasty surprises waiting for you. Dave Mays Automotive is at 2905 Northeast 19th Drive in the industrial complex behind Sunny's on Waldo Road and online at DaveMaysAutomotive.com. Dave Mays Automotive, they get the bugs out. Dave Mays Automotive, we get the bugs, all of them bugs, out of your car. From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. A weak front is approaching our area today before it arrives, increasing cloud cover and turning breezy. We'll have wind gusts to about 25 miles an hour this afternoon. High temperatures on the warm side in the upper 70s. We'll have a chance for a few passing brief showers during the early evening. Then partly cloudy skies overnight, patchy fog tomorrow morning, lows in the lower 50s, partly cloudy tomorrow afternoon. From the UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Megan Borowski. And now, the Dan Patrick Show. Dan Patrick. Daniel Jones against Minnesota. This is more about Minnesota than Daniel Jones. But I do want to give credit to Daniel Jones. You know, we love to say, you know, he bet on himself. Well, he didn't get to bet on himself. They didn't pick up his fifth year. 
They bet against him betting on himself. The Dan Patrick Show. Dan and the Danettes and you. Weekday mornings at 9, right here on WRUF. We're proud to be your home for Gators basketball. You are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. Sports Scene with Steve Russell on ESPN 98.1 FM and 850 AM, WRUF. Welcome back to Sports Scene. The voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly, here with us for one more segment. Call us up, 392-8255, or you can email uh, srussell at wruf.com. A couple of really good emails here, Sean. Uh, Bill says, I really like the progress the Gators are making. Uh, Is it me or the last couple of games does Reeves look a little bit lost in his role? What do you think, Sean? You say Reeves, Steve? I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Um, I I don't know if it's lost. I think it's maybe been a little shaky with regard to shots are going in for him or Alex Fudge right now at this moment, and that's affecting the overall game a little bit. Um, But at the same time, I don't don't think there's any lack of hustle or effort there from either of those guys and are trying to fight through it a little bit. But that's one thing that – Overall, this team has is, is been able to overcome. Sometimes when the shot's not going in, defense suffers. That hasn't been the case for them as a team. But for those two guys individually, I think it's affected them a little bit. Uh, Bill, he's got a question about A&M, actually. Uh, he says, I know A&M beat Florida twice in close games, and I know they're unbeaten. But, Sean, how good is this A&M team, in your opinion? I, I don't know. I mean – I think the Gators probably should have won both of those games um, against A&M. And, but they, they found a way. That's a Buzz Williams type thing. Um, it's a very unique style in the sense that nobody else plays like they do um, across the league. And really it's not pretty, but they get after you so much. And they, they almost it's almost like the old John Calipari Memphis teams in that we're going to foul and be so physical that they can't call everything. Um, and that's that wears teams out. They've been they've been good enough at home, um, and look when it, when a guy like Marble has a good night or those two guards Taylor and Radford, who seemingly can get to the line whenever they want. Although they didn't last night, which was remarkable, a remarkable part of the ball game. Um, I, I don't know. I think they're vulnerable. They they don't wow me in any way, and that's what kind of stings a little bit about these two losses to them because I think. Florida's as good as they are, and that's the difference between three and three in the conference right now and five and zero. Oh. I, I, it's that close. It's that close, and that's what I said earlier, Steve, about being Alabama being up top by themselves, maybe one other underneath them, and then just this this mob mob of teams right now that are going to beat each other up the rest of the way. Uh, I'm going to read an email here from Mike, who sends me the same email every time he sees a game that's low scoring but I'll let you. Uh, He said, I don't think it takes John Wooden to figure out the Gators aren't going to win many games scoring in the 50s. Fans pay their hard-earned money to watch players play, not watch two puppet master coaches playing a chess match of low-scoring half-court basketball. College games in the 50s are miserable to watch. They were when White was here and still are. I guarantee if Coach Golden doesn't cut the puppet strings and let the players play, the Gators be lucky to make the NIT. For somebody who is so smart in analytics, 
How many times are we going to lose in the 50s before he figures it out? Mike White never did in seven years. Wow. I mean, there's a lot of venom there, a lot of pain in that email, Steve. I mean, yeah. um, I don't know if he's watching college basketball in general, but that's, that's college basketball in general right now. It's not Todd Golden. It's not Mike White. It's the game. The players are not as skilled. They're coming into this level of play um, through the AAU systems primarily, and they're not as skilled as they were before. Guys can't make shots the way they used to, and so therefore you're going to have games in the 50s. Um, you know, Now, the elite teams have one or two guys and go get their own play, or our team will clear out a side for that individual player, but those guys are rare. And, you know, Florida's not the only one scoring in the 50s. Florida's not the only one shooting – 30% from three. It's it's across the board. College basketball right now is as hard to watch as I can ever remember. This is over the last two, three years. We're going to get very specific, but um, no, the game has to improve by players being more skilled and guys being able to hit more shots. It's amazing. You go to the NBA level. I did that game on Christmas we talked about, and you start watching those guys shoot the ball, and yeah, it's, it's night and day right now. Um, between the two levels of play. And, and just to amplify that, I mean, you can you could look around college basketball. You know, Auburn last night beat LSU 67-49. to That's a game again, both teams in the 50s and 60s. UConn, who I – I mean, they still may end up being, you know, a really good team. They were beaten by Seton Hall last night, a game in the 60s. And, yeah, Missouri and Arkansas were in the 70s, but – it, it, it it's game to game. Florida could now Mississippi State's another one of those teams not going to score many points. But I agree. It, it it's kind of the way basketball has gone. Uh, Philip has a good email here. Uh, he actually says uh, it's kind of long here, Sean. I'm going to sift through it. Um, can Florida go on a run? Is what he's asking. Given as you said, the gauntlet of the schedule. Sure they can. I, I, you know, if they keep defending like they are, they got a chance in every game. They're going to have to score the basketball. Um, you know, and, they, and, and look, it's one thing. And if they win 56 to 54, I, I don't care. But um, I think Florida is a team, and we've said this now for a couple of weeks, they can probably beat most anybody on any given night. They can get beat by most anybody on any given night. So I think there's only a couple of teams the rest of the way where I would, if I'm being honest, even though – I'm covered in orange and blue right now. <laughs> yeah. If I'm being honest, there's probably only a couple of games where I would say, I'm not so sure Florida has a chance in this one. But other than that, like I said, you're playing this this glob of teams right now in the SEC, and um, they can beat anybody. It's, it's amazing, right? So Florida looks really good against Missouri. Works the Tigers over pretty well. I thought that Arkansas was on the way. Now Arkansas is uh, trending down, and Missouri beat them last night. So, Again, by the way, anybody who gambles on college basketball right now, God bless you. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> that but, is certainly true. Um, I think they can make a run. You're sitting at three conference wins right now. Let's say you get these next two. Like, like I would I feel so good, and I apologize for the win. Um, I would feel so good about grabbing these next two. So now you're five wins in the conference. I've said here kind of now for a little bit that I feel like ten conference wins and you're in with regard to the NCAA tournament. So – uh, 10, I think, is still the number in my head, and I still think that's achievable. Uh, Tony, uh, uh, A&M's bully ball reminds me of Carolina with Frank Martin. Uh, do they need to get a split in the two-game trip? So go 
beat state. Uh, let's see, Gary emails. Uh, Sean, he said, what's it like working with Lee Humphrey? Um, well, it's interesting. On a night like last night, I feel his pain because as good of a shooter as he was and he still is, to sit next to him and watch a team that can't hit a shot, is, is there's an empathy that starts to come out there. But he's so kind and, and, and generous with his thoughts and his experience and everything else that it's now started to really come out in the broadcast. And so it's, I think it's just always a better broadcast when you enjoy somebody's company. And so I enjoy Lee's company a lot, and I really lean on his ability to see the game differently than I do. I didn't coach at this level. I didn't play at this level. So I need guys like Lee, and he's, he's really stepping up in this matter, to help me see things or help our, our fans and listeners see things that only one who is in his shoes can do. Um, and he can also – now really start to verbalize a little bit what a player is going through, whether it be in a good stretch, a bad stretch, or a particular situation in a game. Um, so that's where I'm trying to lean on him a lot more. And not to mention, I said this to him when we started uh, working together. I said, look, Lee, I said, if we're not having fun on the air, then the listener's not having fun with this broadcast. So uh, I have fun with Lee. We've, I think we're accomplishing that. And, and I think we're also getting – everything we need to uh, to pull out of him as far as sharing that experience as not only a Gator but an elite college basketball player. Um, I'll end with this, Sean. Let's preview Mississippi State a little bit. I, I got to watch a lot of their game against Tennessee. For Gator fans who don't know this, they have one conference win. They're one in five. They played Tennessee pretty tough but eventually lost, I think, 70-59 to 59 or something like that. Uh, we talked about this maybe being a game in the mud again, and this is huge for them. I mean, they lost at home to Tennessee. You don't want to lose at home again to Florida. So this is an important game for them too. Yeah, absolutely. And and look, Florida's probably looking at Mississippi State the same way that Mississippi State is looking at Florida. Like, hey, this is this is a game that maybe we can get here. And so that makes for a nice little cocktail for Saturday in Starkville. Um, Again, we'll go back to the glob thing. I know I've mentioned this three or four times. We're, we're in this glob with a bunch of these other teams, um, but I think that when you uh, eyeball Mississippi State a little bit, that you have to say that, uh, much like they are to you, probably one that we probably need to get if we have any hope of getting to those 10 wins, that 10 number that I'm talking about, with regard to perhaps being one of the SEC teams. Lenardi right now has got five SEC teams getting in. Um, I'm kind of hoping it goes to like six. Um, but, yeah, no, states, states just like most of the teams in this conference, dangerous if you let them be. Okay. Always a pleasure, Sean. Thanks for coming on. Thanks. I, you know, Steve, I don't know if I helped anybody make any sense of this because I'm struggling with it myself. Um, I just know this team right now is better than it was a month ago, um, and I still think there's, there's plenty to play for and still a good fighting chance here. So, oh, I'll, um, I'll, just, I'll leave with that, and we'll see how the weekend goes. Okay. All right, Sean. Thank you. Sean right, Kelly, thank you. yep, voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly, joining us here on Sports Scene. And uh, I told you about Mississippi State and the fact that this is going to – don't be shocked if this is not a game in the 50s or 60s. Tennessee is a good offensive team. They just hit 70 against them. Mississippi State didn't hit 60. And I want to give you the number. Now, Tennessee's good. Okay, let, let, let's be honest. They're in the top ten. But in this game, okay, 
they did force 17 Tennessee turnovers. But here is what they did shooting the ball. They shot 33% from the floor. They were 19 of 57. They shot 27% from the arc, 7 of 26, and shot 63% from the line. Now, Tennessee shot 45% from the field, 41% from downtown. That was the difference in the game. They made 10 threes in the game, and they were almost perfect at the free throw line. They were 14 of 15. So, can Florida do the same thing against Mississippi State? Can they make three-point baskets to offset what I think is a really good Mississippi State defensive team? We will see. 1245, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Matt Quateraro. The Gators women's basketball team hopes to earn redemption against the Tennessee Lady Bulls tonight as SEC play rolls on in Knoxville. The Gators dropped the SEC opener at home to Tennessee earlier in the year, but Florida hopes to put an end to the team's three-game losing streak. You can tune in to coverage right here starting at 6.15. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have officially fired offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich after Monday night's loss to the Cowboys. Leftwich spent three seasons with the Bucs, including the Super Bowl 55 winning season. Tampa Bay Lightning look to win their sixth in a row tonight when they take on the Oilers. Puck drop is set for 9 o'clock from Edmonton. Looking ahead to tomorrow, the Red Hot Gators gymnastics team, ranking second in the nation, travels to Tuscaloosa, looking to advance to 5-0 on the year. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Matt Quarterar. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Well, you did it. You're an adult now. And you know you're an adult because this is a commercial about saving money on your credit card balances, and that probably got you a little excited. Radiant Credit Union's Visa Credit Card has a super low introductory rate and no balance transfer fee. So now you can transfer your balances to Radiant, pay less interest, and clear that debt off faster. Pretty wild stuff, huh? Just wait until you start comparing fiber supplements. Visit RadiantCU.org forward slash balance to apply today and let us help you define your financial future. Happy New Year! With the NFL playoffs and NBA All-Star Weekend upon us, it's time to upgrade your home entertainment with help from Electronics World. Hi, this is Tom Collette. At Electronics World, we can get you into a new Sony 4K big screen TV or design and install a home theater room for less than you might think. We'll put you right in the middle of the action for every score. Come see for yourself. Visit our showroom at Electronics World in Gainesville today or online at electronicsworld.net. Are you busy with work, family, and after-school activities? Give your kitchen the night off and let Miapa do the cooking for you. With scrumptious comfort food and a variety of family meals for all sizes and palates, everyone is picking up dinner from Miapa. Stop by the Jonesville location or the Alachua and Gainesville Staples. Order ahead at www.miapalatincafe.com and pick up from any one of their three locations or drive through for your meal at the Jonesville and Gainesville locations. Miapa Latin Cafe, home of the best family meals for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And don't forget about their award-winning coffee that's always made with Cuban love and available from sunrise to late night. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. 
Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-513-1652. 800-513-1652. That's 800-513-1652. Southern Sports Today with Chuck Oliver. Weekdays at 2. Right here on ESPN 98.1 FM. 850 AM. WRUF. And on your phone with the WRUF radio app. It's the Dean of Sports Talk in Gainesville, Steve Russell, on ESPN 98.1 FM at 8.50 a.m. WRUF. Welcome to the phone lines for you. 392-8255. Email srussell at wruf.com. You know, sometimes in doing this for 25 years, uh, I... Phone line open to everybody. But sometimes you hear the same song and dance from some folks, and it gets really old. Mike, this is on you. Okay? Because every time there's a game in the 50s, I know I'm going to get an email that says it's killing the game, you know. It, and then he says, as usual, blame it on the players instead of the coaches. When at any time in this conversation did I blame anybody or blame players? I didn't. I didn't. There are going to be some games during the course of a season that are like this. Simple as that. If you like, in the NFL, if you're one of those people that likes a lot of points, every once in a while, there's going to be a you know, 17 to 10 game. That happens. And yes, if you look around college basketball, the other night when... Kansas State played Kansas. Wasn't it like 83 to 80? I mean, great game to watch, competitive. Yes, those are great. I guarantee you there's going to be some games when it's in the 50s and 60s. And the other thing is you, you can only do what your personnel dictates. So... It's it's back to it's back to the uh, Todd Grantham scenario here, okay. Gator fans didn't like him, and they ran him out. Well, he's out. New guy comes in. Defense doesn't get any better. Why? Why? I'll let you answer that question. So. Mike White is here. Some complain the offense isn't any good. And you have what happened. You know, Florida's not a prolific scoring team at this point. Why? Why? I'm asking the question. You fill in the blank. It isn't blaming. It's reality. In football, why has Florida been six and seven. It happened under two different 
coaching regimes. Two coaching regimes that are vastly different in how they go about their business. What do you pin that on? I'll take answers. Mark says, scrap the layup lines and shooting. Instead, use the pregame warm-ups under the Gator basket to scrimmage. Three-on-three, four-on-four, whatever. Just do something different to erase these slow starts. Um, Mark, because we don't get to see practice, maybe they have done that. I don't know. But, I mean, it's a legitimate question. In other words, Todd Golden's going to meet with the media tomorrow, and I think a legitimate question to him is, you know, you've seen these slow starts. What do you think he can do? I mean, if he knew, I'm sure he would implement it. PG, hello. Hey, man. Um, I'll take a stab at that, that last set of questions you asked. You know, if, and I'm not saying this is true, but you could say that both staffs didn't do a good job, either on the field, motivating, or roster building. I don't want to say that yet because it's too early with the new staff. And, you know, one year, barely, not even a calendar year, I don't think, uh, you know, you can't do that, but you could you could argue that you know if, if you were in logic class, which is a class at UF, that's one of the answers. You know that's a possibility, a differential. So, you know, with the transfer portal and with everything going forward, do you expect that defense to be better next year with the guys that have gone and the guys that are coming in and the new recruits? Oh boy, yes, yes, for two reasons. One, can it get worse? I, I, I guess so, I, but I don't think that. And here's the other thing. All these guys that left either to go to the NFL or transfer out, right, some of those guys were multi-year starters. Well, if you have recruited to get, you know, four-star guys for the most part to come in here and compete and play. And we saw a little bit of that, especially in the secondary this past year. Well, then the hope is that, you know, new blood, uh, a second year as a staff together, maybe there's improvement. I think that's the hope. Yeah, and, and it can't get much worse. You say that, but it can but it'd be hard to imagine because well anything's possible. Yeah, could it get worse? Yeah, yeah. Sure, it could. Yes. And if that happens, then, but I, I don't think so. Everybody talks very highly of Tony. I know people have been upset, but a lot of coaches. I mean, he's very well respected for a young guy. And that DB class that's coming in is really good. I mean, uh, it's deep. Uh, I'm a little surprised that they didn't do more in the portal at linebacker, but it's not over yet. I guess it's getting closer. No, it is over. The portal's early. closed. Well. There's a kid. There's an offensive lineman visiting from Kentucky. Well, that may I be heard, in the, that may be in the next cycle. The portal closed yesterday. Yeah, that's what I. I don't know. I just read a report that that you can and yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I'm gonna have to read more on that. But anyway, there's a Kentucky lineman that that apparently is visiting. So anyway, so I was thinking maybe it's a little longer. But well, then if, can you still add? I guess for the for next year, like for them to be eligible on the field this year, just not be practicing in the spring. No, guys coming. I, in the I, don't, I don't think so. I think the next portal opening is after spring practice. 
Okay. So then we're we're kind of where we're at. So okay. Somebody can correct me. I mean, with all these new rules changes, but I think I'm right. I know. I know. Well, anyway, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Okay, PG. Thank you, uh, Mike. Hello. Hey, Steve. I just wanted to reiterate about my uh, email earlier. It's the coach who decides whether to walk the ball up the court or to push the ball after a rebound. It's the court. It's the coach who decides whether to play in the half court or to push the ball in transition. It's not the players, and it's not Coach Golden that's just doing this. It's it's all through college basketball, and it's ruining the game. The attendance is way down, and it's because nobody wants to watch this. No, and, you, you and, cannot. And you cannot give me give down. me facts that support Damn. that give me that give. Uh, credence to what you just said. How do you know that? Cite something where attendance is down. I'll do the research. Do the research. Do the research because you can't make a blanket statement like that without proof. You can't argue with me unless you know different. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. I'm saying what I'm only going by what... Mike, don't interrupt me. You interrupted me? No, I didn't. Okay. It's coaches throughout that are playing this style of game. And the NBA did that for a while and got low-scoring games, and they were smart and opened the game back up. All college coaches need to get together and open this game back up because nobody wants to watch games in the 50s. That's not even true. The, that, again, that's a blanket Sean, statement. Even are are you speaking for the entire basketball world when you well, say that? Even Sean, who wants to watch games in the 50s? Sean Kelly even said it's been hard to watch. It is hard to watch. I'm not saying okay, it's not that, hard to watch, Mike, but sometimes – you have to play that way to win, and that is the yeah. most important thing. They don't care what you think. They don't care about what you think, or We're for that matter, what I, Mike. Don't interrupt me. They We're don't the care. Money. Okay, done. I, I I gave you a shot. I give you a chance. Okay, let me. I'll finish my point. You have to win any way you feel you can win. It's that simple. Coaches are fired because they win or they or they don't win. It's that simple. Okay. Yes. Is, is last night's game uh, uh, an easy game to watch? No, it's not. But if you look at it the other way, that would be like saying an NFL game is not fun to watch if it's ten to three. Well, if you like defense, it is. It, it's great to watch. So again, I go back to what I've said all along about any sport on this campus, okay? If you want to watch your team go up and down the floor and lose 85 to 80, great. Then don't say fire the coach. You have to win with the style that you think is going to win you a game that night or that season. If you think you want to implement a different style, then you recruit to that style. That is very, very simple. So, Again, do, do most fans like points? Do, do Baseball, okay? Would you rather watch a one nothing game, a great pitcher's duel, or watch a game that's 9-8? to eight? I think that just depends. Beauty in the eye of the beholder. That's our first hour. Andrew, I have to get you a call back because Chris Doring going to join us top of the hour here. ESPN, 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WYUF.
WRUF Gainesville, U251CG Gainesville. From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios, we are ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. You don't have to go through yet another year with that knee pain or back pain. People with chronic joint pain are getting real lasting relief from QC Kinetics. Hey, it's Steve Russell. QC Kinetics are the nation's leader in advanced regenerative medicine. Their unique protocols use healing agents from your own body to target aching joints, repairing and restoring damaged tissue so you can move again with no surgery, no drugs, and no downtime. Got shoulder pain, excruciating hip pain? If you have any arthritis pain or lingering pain from an injury, don't let them operate on you or give you more steroids and say no to the pain pills. Call QC Kinetics and see if their life-changing, all-natural treatments can get you living your best life in the new year. I'm telling you, people are raving about these treatments. This is the future of joint pain management, and appointments are available as soon as the next week. Make 2023 the year you say goodbye to joint pain. Now with clinics in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages, 352-400-4550, QC Kinetics. Hi, Frankie Lane here from Lane Yardware in Williston. The grass in your yard may be dormant right now, but it won't stay that short for long. In the meantime, keep those weeds on the fence line and around the house in check with a powerful new steel trimmer. At Lane's Yardware, we're here to help you keep your yard looking great all year long so you can proudly display your American flag. Lane's Yardware, located on Main Street in Williston and on the web at lanesyardware.com. Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Welcome to Hour 2 of Sports Scene for this Thursday. Hope you're having a good day. Always appreciate you taking time to... Uh, call us and talk a little sports today uh pat has an email here and i think she's right and pg maybe this is what you were saying because she said i thought the chance to enter the portal closed but once in players can still sign yeah i think that's correct but i just didn't know uh if that player was in the portal um so anyway uh thank you for that pat my buddy chris doring here from the sec network joins us always a pleasure to have you hey chris what's up Oh, man, good to be back with you, Steve. You doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. Thank you. Uh, I, 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 saw, I saw your comments. Uh, they kind of went viral uh, over the Rashada situation, and you did not certainly you know, hold back things. But I want to uh, go about this, Chris, from a different angle. I mean, obviously, this doesn't help Florida at all. There are some fans who think Florida has a bigger problem in terms of you know not having enough skin in the NIL game, do you think that's true? Do you think it's a problem? I mean, I've, I've heard that. I, I don't know numbers by any means. I mean, I, I think there has to be some you know some some accuracy there based upon the the actual results. Uh, I, I think the bigger problem, though, than skin in the game, to me, sounds like coordination, coordination and alignment. I mean, that that to me is what seems. To, to be, you know, out of whack right now. And that's really the thing that I feel that maybe I'm most embarrassed about of the whole thing is the fact that, you know, and I'm sure this isn't the first deal that's gone awry. And, I'm, I'm you know, there's so many aspects of it that I, I'm displeased with. But, you know, the, the, the biggest thing that I, I think that I am lamenting about the current situation is just the lack of 
a real alignment and leadership that I see. And I, I don't lay that by any means on the feet of Coach Napier or the, you know, I, I don't know who, whose issue that is, but it's just that idea of too many cooks in the kitchen, it seems like. The, the bigger issue here, my friend, <clears throat> is what is going to happen with this. You know, what, where is the future of this to yeah. realign the game? What do you see? I have no idea. You know, my, my, real, my real anger and resentment goes back to the NCAA because with any leadership, with any foresight, with any awareness, this would have been addressed and mitigated long ago. But it's the, the dig the heels in the ground. It's this position on amateur athletics. It's the greediness that's led us to where we are right now to the point where it got to the highest courts of litigation and the NCAA now is terrified to not only – put rules into place, but enforce the ones that we have. I mean, everything that we're talking about here is clearly pay for play. That is outside the rules, but yet there's nobody enforcing it, and everybody's doing it. I'm not sitting here you know, blaming just the University of Florida. I mean, everybody is participating in this, and everybody's trying to act like it's not the elephant in the room. It is. I, I am the most passionate college football fan there is. And even I am getting turned off on it. I wonder what people that are casual fans feel right now with all of this going on uh, well that you just I'm, I'm glad you said that because it actually led to my next question I think when the week one rolls around and Florida's playing Utah or the first home game starts that fans will forget at least for a while they'll still go through the pregame rituals enjoy everything do you believe that they'll forget about it until Florida goes six and six again, and then they're going to complain about the lack of commitment as it relates to NIL and not really wanting to compete on the highest level. I mean, that, that's the, I think that's the part that people have to reconcile. It's like, are, are, are we going to go all in on this, or is there some desire to be something different? I mean, you, you see the schools that are having the biggest impact. Miami has been completely irrelevant. All of a sudden, this guy, John Ruiz, comes in with a bag and just, you know, now, now that, that recruiting class has – jumped up significantly in what they're able to bring in Oregon with the, the commitment of Phil Knight. Like the, there are a lot of people at other schools that have a lot more money. Look at Texas A&M. And the, what we went through last summer was the biggest joke in the world, the fact that Coach Saban called out Jimbo Fisher and he acted like that wasn't true. Everybody knew that all those players were bought. Now here, here's the other thing that I think is interesting about it. You can go out and put together the greatest recruiting class ever as it you know, relates to the rankings – that doesn't mean you're going to have a good football team. That program in College Station is complete mess because they didn't identify the right people for the culture. You may have gone out and got really good football players, but when you bring hired mercenaries in that don't care anything about your school, the tradition, what it means to, to attend that school, what it means to play for that school, or even that there's value in going to that school other than using it as a way to get money or take you to the next level – there's no real buy-in. And I think that's what I loved about the Stetson Bennett story. And maybe it's too personal and close to home to me, but a guy that grew up a Georgia fan that wanted to play there forever, that walked on, left, came back, you know, that, 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 you know, living and dying for a school, that day and age of that is over with, unfortunately. And so you're not really going to have that commitment. You're not going to really have the culture that you need. And you're certainly not going to have guys that come in that are worried about team they're more worried about me as the case here appears to be with, with this particular player. Um, with the quarterback room now being what it is, we, we can't make an like, – let, let's take Mertz, okay? Wisconsin isn't exactly a pass-happy offense, but his numbers 
you know, we're kind of pedestrian. What are your thoughts with him in this system? I wasn't overly impressed with what he did at, at Wisconsin, but in talking with guys on the staff that I trust, that I know are good football minds, and, and, and seeing what they've seen since having a chance to evaluate him here, I mean, they feel really good about him. So I, I have no choice but to defer to them in terms of knowing what, what they were going to do. And, you know, again, like you have to trust the people that are in place from a coaching standpoint to put together, evaluate, be able to, to decide who the best fits are for what you're trying to accomplish, who's going to be the best fits in the locker room. And I think that, that you know, I, I, I don't have any reason to distrust Coach Napier or any of the rest of the staff. Um, I think it was a tough situation last year in trying to, to handle that quarterback room where you had an outstanding athlete playing the position, didn't necessarily um, have the, 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 the backups to be able to use Richardson the way you wanted to. And so it just it feels a little unfulfilling seeing Anthony leave and not really achieving what may have been possible. But, you know, this is a guy that's, gonna, that, that's bring, being brought in specifically from the staff to play in this offense, and, and maybe it ends up being a better fit in the long run. Chris, during our guest, you see him on the SEC Network. We're talking uh, sort of global uh, college football here. Chris, with, with the different states having different rules for NIL, this isn't helping either, but Mm-mm. Congress wants no part of this. The NCAA wants no part of this. So who's left? Yeah, I think this is what ultimately is going to push the breakaway from the NCAA where big-time college football goes off and does their own thing. And, and I've talked about this before. Like, even as NIL was being rolled out, sometimes when you're a part of something that's really special, uh, an elite club, you know, a, a, a job, sometimes you have to sacrifice what everybody else is able to do. You know, the fact that, that a student can leave one school and go somewhere else whenever they want, uh, but it, it used to be a student-athlete didn't necessarily have that ability, or a guy that's on campus that has a YouTube channel that can make a bunch of money off of NIL stuff in that way that's not an athlete. Sometimes, you know, you, you have to sacrifice those things to be a part of something special. I, I you know, there's, there's plenty of states where smoking weed is legal, but, you know, the, the, the schools you play in, the athletic programs, the, the NCAA have rules that still implement drug testing, and, and you have to abide by those rules if you want to be a part of something. So I don't have a problem with you know, this this entity, whatever it ends up being, the college football playoff breaking off and doing their own thing with, with these schools. But it, it, it needs to be something that's creating uniformity. There needs to be rules in place that are actually enforced. And it needs to, to be done quickly to help to sustain the, the competitive balance. Because I, I think there were a lot of people that said NIL was going to help keep the competitive balance. To me, it just seems like it's getting worse with the haves and the, and the have-nots going in two different directions. I got two last questions for you, Chris, and this one's going to be a little painful. Where today do you see Florida in the hierarchy of the league? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely painful. And and I I don't think people realize the undertaking that Coach Napier and the staff had in trying to, you know, get Florida back to to where we're used to being. Um, The ironic part about it is that there were two new coaches in this league this last season you can clearly see what was inherited in Baton Rouge by Brian Kelly's staff and what was inherited here at Florida. Now, you know, you, you, you add in some of the, the, the dynamics of, you know, what happens in the state here with, with Miami 
you know, committing to NIL money, pay-for-play money, whatever it is, recruiting inducements. Um, you know, in a place like Louisiana, everybody in that state wants to wants to play at LSU. It, it, it's tough here in the state of Florida with, you know, the three, the big three, the resurgence of, of, of Florida State, what Miami's doing, committing money there, what Alabama and Georgia do and Clemson do coming into the state. So there, there's an uphill fight to begin with, but – I just I think that 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 roster last year was devoid of real SEC talent, and I think that's why you've seen so much attrition on that roster. Like it, that's a good thing. The people that were lamenting some of these players that were leaving, I hate it for them. But in talking with guys again that I trust on the staff, they were adamant about cleaning out what was there, not only to upgrade the talent, but just the culture that existed was not where Florida needs it to be, not where Billy Napier and his staff want it to be. Final question for you, CD. Um, there are some critics who think that Napier didn't do enough in the transfer portal compared to you know other schools in the league and other schools nationally. Is that valid? I mean, again, you have to trust you know your coach's evaluation of what you have on the roster, what what's out there in the transfer portal, the the fit. Um, you have to be able to to. You know, stick with what your strategy is. Are we trying to build through the high school? Are we trying to, to fill holes with the transfer port? Are we trying to make over the roster like Ole Miss has done in, in the last couple of years? I, I, I think you have to determine who you want to be and the path that's going to take you there before you, you, you decide to, to, you know, willy-nilly go out and sign a bunch of guys that may or may not be good fits. I, I remember – you know, you, you know this, Steve. Back in the day, the equivalent to me is almost like the junior college guys. I mean, we, yeah. rarely did we bring junior college guys in. And when you bring junior college guys in, a lot of times you're asking for a headache. Guys that you know were at junior colleges for a reason. Guys that that you know were were good athletes at that level, but had a hard time acclimating. It's a little different now with the transfer portal and being able to bring in guys that have you know established themselves as legitimate SEC caliber players, but. But still, you don't know what you're going to get. That's why I thought it was so such a, a dice roll uh, in Oxford last year. You brought in, what, 24, 25 transfers, and you know, they, they could have hit. They could not have hit. I think there was a little bit of fool's gold there last year with what their record was in the beginning of the season, who they played on the schedule. But I, I, I still think that's not a sustainable long-term way to be successful. Look at what Georgia's done to build. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's, to me, still the way you have to do it is go out, identify the right high school talent, bring them in, develop them more than anything, convince them to stay around, show them the path to their success, and, and find ways to fill holes with the transfer portal as opposed to you know, trying to make over the roster from, from bottom to top. It's going to be an interesting ride here uh, over these next few months to mm-hmm. see what happens, and we'll bring Chris back, and it's always a pleasure to have him. CD, I appreciate yeah, you, man. You. Yep, thanks for yeah, doing anytime, it. Anytime, man. Talk okay. to you. Thank you, Chris. Chris Doring, SEC Network, 115, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. We'll open the phone lines back for you, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Matt Quartararo. The Gators women's basketball team hopes to earn redemption against the Tennessee Lady Bulls tonight as SEC play rolls on in Knoxville. The Gators dropped the SEC opener at home to Tennessee earlier in the year, but Florida hopes to put an end to the team's three-game losing streak. You can tune in coverage right here starting at 6.15. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have officially fired offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich after Monday night's loss to the Cowboys. Leftwich spent three seasons with the Bucs, including the Super Bowl 55 winning season. 
Tampa Bay Lightning look to win their sixth in a row tonight when they take on the Oilers. Puck drop is set for 9 o'clock from Edmonton. Looking ahead to tomorrow, the Red Hot Gators gymnastics team, ranking second in the nation, travels to Tuscaloosa, looking to advance to 5-0 on the year. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Matt Quarterar. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Folks, I've been telling you for a long time now about my friends at Southeast Car Agency in Gainesville, 310 Northeast 39th Avenue. If you're looking for a new vehicle, they don't have one. But if you're looking for the cream of the crop and late model, low mileage vehicles, well, guess what? This is the place to go. And it's been that way for over 40 years. Simply put, if you're looking for this kind of vehicle, this is the place to go. Go around town, you'll see a ton of vehicles with a Southeast Car and tag just like mine. Also, go online, secars.com. You will see the vehicles they have, and all the pertinent information is there for you. You go see them in person, you know what to do. Tell them Sports Scene sent you to Southeast Car Agency. Hey, Steve Russell here. I want to tell you about the Road Heaver Boys Ranch in Palatka. This facility houses at-risk young boys from troubled homes and is sustained by donated cars, trucks, boats, RVs, or any vehicle. Donations are tax-deductible and go a long way towards helping these boys learn real-life skills by repairing the vehicles and reselling them. The Road Heaver Boys Ranch has been helping boys for over 70 years. They need your help. So please consider donating your unused or unwanted vehicle. Google Boys Ranch Palatka or go to rbr.org and learn more. We know that we can depend on Gator Nation to step up when you're needed. The Roadheaver Boys Ranch has been helping at-risk young boys from troubled homes for over 70 years, and they need your help now more than ever. So please consider donating your car, truck, boat, RV, or any vehicle to help these boys. They learn real-life skills by repairing them and reselling them to sustain the facility. Donations are tax-deductible. Cash donations accepted also. Google Boys Ranch Palatka or go to rbr.org to learn more. Thanks again. Hal Lindsey said that a person can live 40 days without food, four days without water, but only one second without hope. The world can knock us down and suck the hope right out of us. Personal challenges, stress, loss, and pain, they're enough to make us spiral into despair and just want to give up. If that's how you feel, I get it. But when the Bible speaks of hope, it means a deep-rooted confidence in God's character, that we can trust Him to do what He says He will do. This living hope can be ours through faith in a resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ. Regardless of our circumstances, the hope we have in Jesus strengthens us today and gives us a firm foundation for tomorrow. This is Bryant Wright, hoping that you find real hope in Jesus, speaking right from my heart. For more on this and other topics, visit rightfromtheheart.org. The divisional round of the NFL playoffs finishes with a Sunday doubleheader. Hi, this is Scott Graham. Join me and the rest of our Westwood One crew for all the action. First, Joe Burrow and the Bengals take on Josh Allen and the Bills. Then it's a classic NFC showdown when the Dallas Cowboys meet the San Francisco 49ers. Coverage begins at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. From the wild card round all the way to Super Bowl 57 in Arizona, the NFL playoffs are right here. Coverage starts Sunday following Gators women's basketball right here on WRUF. The Dan Patrick Show, weekday mornings at 9, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app.
This is the voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly, and you are listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. All right, we'll take your phone calls, emails, questions, comments. Start with Matt. Matt, hello. Hey, Steve, thanks for uh, taking my call. Uh-huh. Um, it was great to hear um, Chris Doring, uh, you know, talk. I really appreciated hearing his thoughts on everything with the uh, NIL and all. Um, and he, I went to school when he was playing here, and um, it was it was a pretty awesome time when you could uh, go to school with uh, football players and you felt like they were actually students just like you and part of the same thing. I, I have to imagine it's different nowadays for most students there at UF with what's going on with NIL. But I just had a couple of thoughts I wanted to share and just kind of get your – um, feedback on or thoughts mm-hmm. on as well. Um, um, you know, I, you guys were talking with Doring about like what's the solution to this NIL issue? Is it the NCA? Is it Congress? Like, obviously, neither one of those makes sense. And, and to me, the, the the answer is is that the schools themselves need to take some accountability and action with this. And I find as a fan, and, and I've been a booster for 20 years since I've been out of school. Um, I feel like that the, there's a financial disincentive that the schools are sitting back on. To, to sit there and not make a change to how these payers are getting played, because I think we can all agree that it's this is a great thing that payers are getting paid for paid for their performance. But the reality is, is who is actually making money from these pay, players' performances? It's not the, it's not the boosters. It's not these fans that are getting hit up for nil. It's the schools themselves with the network money coming in and all the all the endorsements and things that they're getting off of these players. So, the uh, to me, the nil is. is is not set up in the right way because the schools need to get past this this curtain they're hiding behind about the NCAA. Oh, we can't play payers. That's that's horrible. Um, How is it really different if the school plays a pair than if the fans play a pair? It's not. That that the difference is if the schools open up those coffers they're hoarding, then there's a financial loss that they're incurring. And I, and I think that at some point that is going to have to come to a head where the money for these players comes from the school that is making the money off. What are your thoughts? Yeah, and if that does happen, that would be a fundamental change uh, for what the system is now because it can't come from the school. And the other thing that's got to change, in my opinion, which I think is going to be very difficult to do, is to make some sort of uniform law or system that everybody abides by, not just you know state yeah. to state and what they can do. And that sounds so simple, but man, where I sit right now, Matt, that seems like climbing Mount Everest to get done. Hey, well, it used to be able. It used to be that, that the money couldn't come from the fans either. But but that magic wand got waved, and and the fans got hit up pretty quickly. And I just I feel a little resentment to the school that in a situation like this that, you know, I feel like our, our fans are almost getting like um, bad mouths are put down that we aren't invested enough and, in, you know, contributing to the NIL to have this great big way to buy and bring money in and all. Um, and uh, I just, I think that that's, I think that that's unfair to the fans and boosters. Um, we, we contribute a lot of our time, money, and resources and expect us to pay on top of the tickets to go to games is crazy. It'd be like if I was a Buccaneers season ticket fan and I, I paid for season tickets and go there and they say, hey, you know what, in addition to those season tickets, we need you to pay Tom Brady's salary too, you know. It, it, that, that would be a fundamental flaw. People look at it and be like, that does not make sense. The company should be paying you know, that player. Right. And that's what should be going on in college. It All really right. should. It's Matt, college football, colleges. i got to run to some calls, Matt. Thank you for yours. Let's bring Lewis here. Hi, Lewis. 
Hey, Steve, thank you for accepting my call. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm, I'm getting real frustrated out here, as well as I would think uh, others in Gator Nation. Billy Napier is right there on campus with you. Uh, we're hearing so many different reports uh, from TV20 News. They're reporting out the same stuff about the, the debate between the the uh, NIL money that uh, this kid, Rashida, was promised. Uh, and then we read all the 24-7 sports writers who talk about the dad who, who who said that, well, no, that's not true. We didn't ask to, to leave and this, that, and the other. And uh, they're still working out some details. Can't Napier come to your office or you go to his office and give the, the, the fans an update on what the truth is about this kid? No. And then last? No. Oh. Simple answer, no. Oh. All right. Okay, then lastly, if uh, this works out with Rashida, he misses spring break. If if it doesn't work out with Rashida, doesn't he, doesn't he miss spring break for any other college that may want to pick him up, uh, spring practice for any other college that wants to pick him up? So he becomes a, a, a deficit because he's he going to miss spring practice no matter where he goes at this late date. Is that the case? I don't know that because I don't know what the specific schools do in terms of what their entry is, you know, when it might be, uh, what what they can be able to waive to make that happen. So I don't know the answer to that. I think it would depend on the school and what his particular situation is, but that's just a guess on my part. Okay, you gave me an emphatic no that you couldn't talk to Napier. No, because he ain't going to talk. Is there a reason? That's why. Excuse me? He's not going to talk. He's the head coach. He's got to talk to him. No, he doesn't. It's huh? obvious. I mean, huh? have you seen him talk? No. What's he saying? Why did he come and clear this thing up? Give us, some, give us. you know, the news reporter saying $9 million. Somebody saying $13 million. He, he's, he, he's not, no, not. He, not going to. This is my opinion, Louis. He's not ever going to talk to anybody, at least on the record, and throw this out for public consumption. He may, look, when spring practice starts and he's in a press conference setting, he'll get asked about this. I guarantee you he'll get asked about it, okay? But I'm sure he'll have a crafted answer that will either say we're moving on from that. He's not going to get into the weeds and say, "Well, you know, it was reported it was thirteen million, it was really nine million, and there was an offer of ten million. That, that I, I'm just telling you, there's death, there's taxes, and Billy Napier, you're not doing that. Wow, wow, wow! Any I, I, coach I, I, wouldn't. That, that's not against him. Any coach wouldn't do that. Any coach. Yeah, but but then you expect support from the fans. Well, but what, what, I mean, I guess, what are we entitled and you entitled to know? In his world, I'm not entitled to know that. Well, well, you asked the question. My answer is the truth. Okay. Of what's going on. All right, Lewis, thank you for your call. Byron, hello. Hey, Steve. Lewis, I hear you, man. You have some great calls. I'm going to say this is Steve Defense. Steve, I'm not trying to start up nothing and because and, Spurrier was a real private coach, too. I don't think he would come on there and talk about that. And uh, it was hard to get him on some of these shows, too, Lewis. So, hey, Steve's right, man. Those coaches don't do that. See, real quick, thanks, Chris, for doing what he did. Steve, man, 
back, he was almost just getting out of the pros, man. I played against him in a, a church league, man, a, a city league. Chris, if you hear this, man, look, I almost heard him look like hit him one time trying to stop him from dunking, but great athlete. And, and Steve, what he's saying, I think what's what's happening, and I, I hate to say this, is after they've seen what you play in the coaches, the payouts y'all doing in college, and the ticket prices and the TV revenue. So I, I'm saying this to say, Football created this monster. You notice it's nothing about nobody else. And, Steve, you had a wonderful story on about a girl, lady basketball player the other day, man. That's what it's about for NIL, if, if you really look at it. Somebody like her who's struggling, going academically, and, and then she gets a little money to help her through. And lastly, if it's a problem, what's happening in men basketball? I don't hear nothing about those guys because football created this problem. Thank you, Steve, and go Gators. Byron, thank you. 128 time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, joins us next ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. From the College of Journalism and Communications, ESPN, 98.1 FM, and 850 AM, WRUF. Hi, this is Dr. Art Mowry of Exceptional Dentistry. Listen to what our clients have to say about their experience at Exceptional Dentistry. Dr. Kim is so, she's spiritually and uh, personally and physically a beautiful person all the way around. That's what I admire most about her and that she's up on the latest techniques and everything that's going on in the field that I feel a lot of confidence in and I just, I enjoy being around her and talking to her. How about Dr. Art? Well, I think the biggest thing is that, that he stays so far ahead of everyone else technically. You know, you, you don't worry about what he's doing in your mouth because it is the best. This is Dr. Kim Mowry, and if you think you have dental problems that are too big to overcome, we're here for you. Please visit us at ExceptionalDentistry.com. That's ExceptionalDentistry.com. Let's be real. Mopping is a hassle. You have to fill the bucket, pushing a wet, heavy mop around, then cleaning the mop when you're done so it doesn't grow bacteria. A hassle on top of a hassle. Try Swiffer WetJet. With Swiffer WetJet, you start with a fresh pad and cleaning solution every time. And when you're done, you just toss the pad. Swiffer WetJet, the faster, easier, cleaner way to clean your floors. At Charmin, we heard you shouldn't talk about going to the bathroom in public, so we decided to sing about it. When you're rolling Charmin, don't just stop on the party. Less is more, so roll it back, everybody. Charmin's irresistible, soft and heavy, nice. My grip is always sucked. It's our party vibes. It's cushioned and pink, so my cheeks feel flat. So everybody wanna touch the sky. Charmin Ultra Soft is irresistibly soft and more absorbent, so you can use less. Enjoy the go with Charmin. Open up a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van and you're opening up more than doors. You're unlocking potential with 16 body types, thousands of ways to customize. A Sprinter van is capable and versatile enough to help drive your ambitions as far as you want them to go. Now you could win your very own Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van customized by Gretsch RV by entering the Dan Patrick Show's Ultimate Fan Van Sweepstakes. To enter and get official rules, visit danpatrick.com for your chance to win. 
This message is brought to you by Discover. Did you know you could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails with online privacy protection? The latest innovation from Discover. Discover will help regularly remove your personal information like your name and address from 10 popular people search websites that could sell your data. And they'll do it for free. Activate in the Discover app. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash online privacy protection. That's discover.com slash online privacy protection. From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. A weak front is approaching our area today before it arrives, increasing cloud cover and turning breezy. We'll have wind gusts to about 25 miles an hour this afternoon. High temperatures on the warm side in the upper 70s. We'll have a chance for a few passing brief showers during the early evening. Then partly cloudy skies overnight, patchy fog tomorrow morning, lows in the lower 50s, partly cloudy tomorrow afternoon. From the UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Megan Morowski. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. Steve Kerr says Steph Curry is the modern-day MJ. I don't think Coach Kerr is saying that he is the greatest of all time, even though he's in that conversation. What conversation? But, I mean, he's in the conversation for greatest of all time. But he's not in that conversation. He's, he's not in any in conversation. conversation greatest, greatest of all time. time? Come on, Jay. He's, he's one of the greatest we've know. ever seen. He's in the conversation. I'm not saying he is. He's going to be in the conversation when it's all said and done. He, Jay, and Max. Weekday mornings at 6 right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Coming in February, Florida Gator Baseball, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Sports Scene with Steve Russell continues here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and on your phone with the WRUF radio app. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, is going to be our guest here. I always appreciate Brad doing this. Brad, I want to start uh, with what happens just about every NFL season when you know some coaches are fired or assistants are fired, and you look at Tampa, and it looks like a real overhaul there. Uh, is this going to be more than just Byron Leftwich, do you think? It looks like there's now nine assistant coaches they've fired in Tampa Bay. So definitely wow. a full scale, yeah, a full scale overhaul. And look, this offense was, you know, when you account for the quarterback and wide receiver talent, this was one of the worst offenses in the NFL. Once they had the fewest points scored in the entire league this year, um, or were definitely in the bottom three going into the last week of the season when I last time I looked at that. So yeah, they, they had to do this. You know, Byron Leftwich, good young coach, will need to build his way back, um, but was was way in over his head this year in Tampa Bay. But you know, it's interesting to me. It wasn't that long ago with Leftwich as the offensive coordinator that the offense was pretty good. So what what happened to change it? So this is where, you know, this is the tough part of hiring coaches and, and figuring this stuff out is, you know, with all due respect, again, I'm not trying to take, you know, I don't know the, the full, you know, details of everything, but no, what it was was Bruce Arians' offense was good, um, and Byron Leftwich had the title of offensive coordinator, but Bruce Arians was the main offensive coordinating coach in the building. You know, we see it all the time, guys leave Andy Reid's offense, like Matt Nagy goes to Chicago, um, and they're just inept on offense. It's very hard to figure out, you know, which guys can leave that guy and still be successful, still consistently produce, move the ball on offense. Um, and, and I think we saw this here in Tampa that, that Bruce Arians was was very, very important to this offense you know, in Tampa Bay. Um, you look at Sean Payton, and there's, uh, I'm sure, 
you know, that there's a lot of speculation about him maybe going to Denver. Let's assume for the moment that happens. Is that a good fit in your view? So it's a good fit in that Sean Payton wants twenty to twenty-five million dollars a year, and the Broncos' ownership group is the most, you know, the richest in the NFL. So from that perspective, it's a good fit. Um, otherwise, I don't like it. I, I really don't. So first and foremost, you're going to have to give up at least a first-round pick. It came out today um, from Jeff Duncan at the Athletic, who covers the Saints, that the Saints actually want two first-round picks, which you know people might think is crazy. But you go look back at the history of head coach trades. John Gruden was two first plus. Um, you know, Bill Belichick and Bill Parcells. Or more lawsuits than trades, but but ended up <laughs> getting a you know ended up getting a first round pick and then some. I want to say it was a first, second, third, and fourth for both of those guys. So so the price really isn't that crazy. Um, but, but then on the field as well, look, Sean Payton's offense is predicated on matriculating the ball down the field, targeting the middle of the field, and using the full width of the field. And Russell Wilson is the exact opposite. He's afraid of throwing over the middle. Never does it. He doesn't really like getting the ball out quickly, which obviously Drew Brees and Sean Payton, you know, they're throwing the ball in two seconds every snap. And what Wilson does is, is hit on these deep shots down the sideline. Um, he's been great at it forever, but it's just, in my opinion, not a match. And look, I think Sean Payton's phenomenal, can, can cater any offense to any player. But based on the history of what he's done, it, it is like oil and, and water, you know, the combo of them two. Uh, <clears throat> with the playoff games this weekend, uh, smell any upsets? Yeah, you know, I think last week was more obvious. I think the Giants really, really jumped out as an obvious upset. You know, coming into this week, it's a little bit different. I think the Bengals, you know, if they don't win the game, I think the 5.5-point spread is too large. Uh, Yes, their offensive line has a bunch of injuries, but their offensive line last year was terrible, and they made the Super Bowl. So, And then the flip side, the the Buffalo Bills with Von Miller were a top-five pass rush unit. They were fourth rush and pressure rate when not blitzing. Since he's been injured, they're 27th in pressure rate when not blitzing. So they've fallen off a cliff, and so I think they could pull that one out. That's probably my favorite upset pick of this weekend. Brad Spielberger joining us here from Pro Football Focus, talking a little uh, NFL. Obviously, the the big names out there, you know, with Brady and Rodgers in their futures, uh, Rodgers came out and said some really interesting things. You know, in essence, if I'm going to stick around – I want guys to stick around here that I trust. You know, I want to finish my career with here. Uh, can you interpret that as a message to the Packers? Yeah, no, he, he's been using that leverage for the last couple of years now. And look, I mean, guys like Tom Brady have been doing that forever. So I think it's to a degree fair from Rodgers to do. You know, he wants Randall Cobb around. He relies on him. He had a good year this year. Um, there's no question about that. But there's just so many guys that fall into that category. I think the most interesting one is probably left tackle David Bakhtiari, who still is one of the best left tackles in the NFL when he plays. But, you know, the when he plays part has become a huge if for him with that knee. And he's owed, they could clear about $16.5 million off their cap, which is already one of the most, you know, bloated salary caps in the NFL. So can they keep every single guy he wants? I really don't think so. You know, Mason Crosby, the kicker they love, he finally showed his age this year was not very good. You know, but but he has the right to exert that leverage. We'll just see, you know, how much it works. Uh, Gator fans here excited about Rand Carthon, who came from the 49ers, being named the Titans GM. That a good fit? You know, I can't say I know too much about him personally, but the people I've spoken with have said very, very good about Rand, good things about Rand Carthon. 
been around the league forever. Like you said, former player, was in the league for a little bit. His father, He also kind of grew up in football um, through his family as well. Um, yeah, I, I've heard he's a top candidate. I know he was a finalist last year with the Giants and really impressed them. Um, so I do. I, I assume it's a good fit. I think he's a good gel, too, with Mike Rabel. They have similar philosophies. They're going to get tough, fast, and physical players and build out from there. So based on everything I, you know, I've heard, uh, it does seem like a good marriage. But I want to end, and I, I'm only using the Jets in this scenario because it fits my, my, uh, my world of when I want to ask you this question. They went out and got a young quarterback in the first round, and if you believe what you hear, uh, well, A, he didn't play real well, but then lost the locker room, was benched, uh, and now they're apparently going to keep him. So two-part question. Can Anything's possible. Can you really resurrect a quarterback like that who seemed to lose the locker room? And does it make sense for the Jets, then, if their defense is really top-notch, to go out and get a veteran to replace him? I really don't think you can. You know, I think he was that bad. And then also you add in the locker room components. You also, I mean, he just completely lost his confidence. Um, you know, his, his bad footwork was showing up. He, he was missing, you know, screens and quick outs, just was completely wildly inaccurate. Um, he's almost regressed probably in some ways since college. So I don't. I, I mean, he could be on the roster next year. Um, but if they're starting him in a game, I think that's a bad thing. I think they should, right? So we talk about all these teams this offseason, this quarterback carousel. They're kind of the flip side of the Colts, right? Who keep trading and going after veterans. It's not working out. For the Jets, you take Zach Wilson, you trade up for Sam Donald, both of those flail. They should, in my opinion, say, you know what? Let's go after, you know, Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo or Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers. Um, and because this defense is young and really, really good. And their, their weapons are young and really, really good. Their offensive line has some really, really good young players as well. Um, I think they have to finally maybe pull the trigger on getting a veteran quarterback there because their window is kind of right now. I'll end with a $64,000 question, Brad. Does Brady play again and with whom? I think he will. I don't see him going out like that. And if I had to guess right now, I would say it's between the Dolphins, um, the, the Las Vegas Raiders, and the San Francisco 49ers. And, and for me... Look, he's from Santa Clara. He's expressed he's always wanted to play out there. I know they have, you know, Brock Purdy and Trey Lance in the fold now. So, A, I kind of think it helps that. You know, it helps them navigate that quarterback situation. They say, hey, look, we'll figure, you know, the young guy out in 2024, but we couldn't say no to Tom Brady. The second thing for me is the oldest quarterback in the AFC playoffs this year was Patrick Mahomes. So, <laughs> why, if you're Tom Brady, yeah, how crazy is that? Why, if you're Tom Brady, would you go back to the AFC when the NFC is so, 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 so behind as a conference. So for me, I, I love to fit with the 49ers, and I think they could win oh, 15 games next year with Tom Brady. Wow. Where can people see your work, Brad? Yep, so you can see everything I do at pff.com, and I got multiple articles out this week all about free agency for me. So a, a one team fit for all 32 teams on offense and defense in this upcoming free agency class. Okay. Always appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Brad Spielberger, he knows his stuff. Uh, okay, quickly from John. John, hello. Yeah, it's good afternoon, Steve. I, I missed most of your show today. I know that you had uh, some good guests. I'll have to go back and, and watch it on uh, Facebook. But uh, my reason I call, Steve, is uh, I know you don't follow tennis that much, but uh, Ben Shelton won again. Yep, Shelton last night. Yep, he has a good. It was a good opponent. He's into the third round, and lo and behold, there's a lot, lot of. Uh, 
Americans that are that have made it. Uh, although Taylor Fritz, he's he's one of the top Americans. He got bounced last night, but I'm I'm real proud with Ben. You know, he he has a really good game. He has that quirky left-handed serve. Remember when McEnroe used to play? Man, he he run fits with that serve that against people, and I I think uh, Sheldon does pretty well. I'd like to see him, you know, continue success. Well, let's hope he does. Yes, yeah, hey, have a good day, man. All right, John, thank you. I'm gonna when I get back. I'm going to tell you something in the transfer portal that makes absolutely no sense. I'll tell you what that is. 143, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon. I'm Sarah Zephyr. Just in, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have fired offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich after four seasons. Tonight, the Gators women's basketball team are at Knoxville, Tennessee as they seek revenge against the Lady Vols. The 12-6 Gators are also looking to stop their three-game losing streak, while the Vols look to defend home court. Coverage begins right here at 6.15 p.m. More in Gators sports, the number two Gators gymnastics team head to Alabama as they look to advance 5-0 on the year. They will compete against number 11, Alabama. In high school boys' hoops, GHS takes on Santa Fe High, and P.K. Young will take on The Rock this evening. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Sarah Zephyr. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Hey, Steve Russell here for the Road Heaver Boys Ranch in Palatka. This facility houses at-risk young boys from troubled homes and is sustained by donated cars, trucks, boats, RVs, or any vehicle. Donations tax-deductible and go a long way towards helping these boys learn real-life skills by repairing the vehicles and reselling them. A real win-win. The Road Heaver Boys Ranch has been helping boys for over 70 years. They need your help. So please consider donating your unused or unwanted vehicle. Google Boys Ranch Palatka or go to rbr.org and learn more. We know that we can depend on Gator Nation to step up when you're needed. The Roadheaver Boys Ranch has been helping at-risk young boys from troubled homes for over 70 years and they need your help now more than ever. So please consider donating your car, truck, boat, RV, or any vehicle to help these boys. They learn real-life skills by repairing them and reselling them to sustain the facility. Donations are tax-deductible. Cash donations accepted also. Google Boys Ranch Palatka or go to rbr.org to learn more. Thanks again. Hal Lindsey said that a person can live 40 days without food, four days without water, but only one second without hope. The world can knock us down and suck the hope right out of us. Personal challenges, stress, loss, and pain, they're enough to make us spiral into despair and just want to give up. If that's how you feel, I get it. But when the Bible speaks of hope, it means a deep-rooted confidence in God's character, that we can trust Him to do what He says He will do. This living hope can be ours through faith in a resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ. Regardless of our circumstances, the hope we have in Jesus strengthens us today and gives us a firm foundation for tomorrow. This is Bryant Wright, hoping that you find real hope in Jesus, speaking right from my heart. For more on this and other topics, visit rightfromtheheart.org. Everybody knows that Melvin Law is the only official injury law firm partner of the Florida Gators. But since they opened their doors in 1971, 
They have been the community partner of Gainesville, Ocala, and North Central Florida. Meldon Law is there through all kinds of weather, with offices in Gainesville, Lake City, and Ocala. Meldon Law, we won't back down. From athlete activism to athletic achievements, we have you covered. Your home for every important sports story. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. This is Gator head football coach Billy Napier, and you're listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. By the way, as I am talking to you here, ESPN is running a story about one Jaden Rashada. Pete Thamel is actually on right now talking about that. So, again, here is a national story. And to what a previous caller had mentioned, uh, you're not going to see Billy Napier in the story. You're not. Uh, he's talking to uh, Jeremy Schapp. And, uh, you know, again, it's on the screen. Rashada had a $13 million deal with an NIL collective. And it also says navigating how recruiting is done in the days of NIL. And that is a different situation. Speaking of that, I told you before the break, I was going to give you a situation that on the surface of it makes no sense. Here it is. We all know, even before all this craziness happened, right? Why do players transfer? In my opinion, the biggest reason by far is because they're not playing. They want to go play. And I've never faulted a kid for wanting to do that. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. Let's take Ole Miss. They have a quarterback in Jackson Dart who started for them last year. He has two years of eligibility remaining. They just got Walker Howard from LSU. Guess who just committed to Ole Miss? Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State. What sense does that make? Why would walk and I don't know I don't know LSU's quarterback room. But Jaden Daniels is probably going to be gone next year. So if Walker Howard sat, okay, probably he's the guy next year. You would think he'd have a great shot. Well, Dart's got two more years. And now you get Sanders in there, you're going to get two guys who are used to playing that ain't playing. Something doesn't add up there. That's, that's amazing to me that he picked that place. All right, we got seven, eight minutes left. Want to get a quick call on you can, 392-8255, some backed-up emails. BB says, valiant comeback effort last night, almost emulating the Jaguars, but ending up like get smart. Missed it by that much. 
believes the NIL and Gator collective situation is an active topic of discussion nationally that'll linger while UF attempts to move on. Well, it's being discussed right now on ESPN. Uh, and now Dan Murphy is on there from ESPN. An article published in the Washington Post yesterday, um, also being covered in faraway places like California. Situation being called a PR nightmare for UF by people such as Paul Feinbaum, an NIL mess by AP, uh, and by uh, Mike Bianchi, the biggest fail of NIL. Today, universities nationwide asking themselves, likely, how can we avoid the situation? Uh, he, what troubles him, the university he loves, being put in a bad light. Uh, let's see. Ralph. What are the outcomes for Rashada if UF waits? There is no outcome. He's done. Unless something drastically changes, he's asked for his release. He ain't going to play here, Ralph. Simple. Kenny, if the NIL wants to help their schools, that, uh, okay, this isn't grammatic. i got to see if I can sift through this. Seems if the NILs want to help their schools, that no NIL money mentioned should happen, oh, until the player's firmly on campus, then and only then. If not, you get the potential for players just for money, seemingly like Rashada. Todd, about basketball. Fine with the effort the team exudes. I see improvement. Hope they continue to build confidence with such a fast, aggressive defense in A&M. Looking for Florida to dribble, drive, and dish for layups early in the clock before the defense could get set. Uh, these things I don't understand. Why does our offense begin to operate so long, 25 feet from the rim? Why are we able to finish point-blank shots right at the rim? I, I, that one I agree with. If shooting as many threes is part of our style, shouldn't our shooters be a little more accurate? We only shoot 33%. I don't like this Jones as a pl- dislike Jones as the player. Every single shot he takes makes me cringe. Um, well, first of all, one of the reasons why it takes so long from the rim, they're double-teaming Castleton. They're, they're, they're pushing him out of the lane with double teams. So I, I, I'm not at practice. I don't know how they combat that. And I don't know that Florida has great dribble penetrators on this team. Where, you know, in other words, go get me a bucket. I'm not sure they have that. Andrew, hello. Yes, good afternoon, Steve. Hey. Uh, I wanted to mention or ask you about um, – a certain play last night in that uh, game with uh, at uh, College Station. Well, first off, let me ask you this, the obvious. Do you think that their goal, uh, A&M's basketball men's goal in a game, is to just solely throw the opponent out of their game? Is there a high no. emphasis on no, that? No, it's not solely that, but that's what – Buzz Williams believes in he believes in you know pressure he believes in physicality he believes in pressing you know they, they do the one two two or the one three one they they disrupt you offensively and then get all over you defensively that is his mo defensively yeah so obviously that's something but uh, at this stage, we're having trouble combating. Everybody's having trouble combating that. Yeah, right. But that 12 spot at halftime, that's 
that's woeful, but it might be a sign of the times uh, somewhat, you know. I've seen a lot of games 22, 25 at halftime. Yeah. So, and see, the other side know. of that coin, Andrew, is, and what people forget, you only look at the negative. And I get it. I mean, did anybody think mm-hmm. of the right mind you'd ever see a game where a team shot 8% in a half? Of course not. But didn't Florida do a lot better in the second half? Yeah, they they settled down some. Sure, they did. I, I was going to ask you specifically about one play when Castleton led a fast break in the second half. Um, obviously, I don't think it's necessary, uh, you know, that he exude that much energy, dribbling a ball all the way up and then getting to the point and then uh, missing the wingman, or maybe the wingman missed him. Who knows? But it went out of bounds. Uh, could you just t- uh, talk to me about what would be his mindset or what would be the reason he would do that, dribble all the way up? And because a, he can. And a, okay, because he can. Yes. So does that mean Does that mean maybe we're working towards uh, getting him some open looks from the outside since he is being pushed a lot underneath? Well, I'm not at practice, okay, but – they try to put Castleton either at the high post and then, you know, at, and then roll down or they'll put him over on the block, on either side of the block, but that's when he gets immediately double teamed, right? He's a willing passer. The thing that I think Florida could look to do is, okay, if Castleton's double teamed, he kicks out, then repost if he's not double teamed to get him the ball. But, again, I'm not at practice. I don't know what they're trying to do. But I have no problem with Castleton the one time he did it going down the floor. He handles the ball really well for a big man. Yeah, and finally, I know we're running out of time, but uh, it looks like the national media is going to bite into this Rashada saga and milk it for everything they can. But I wonder, is there if their goal is to inform people or to help people from from avoiding these type of pitfalls? No. Or is it just sensationalism of NIL? It's a story. It, it, it yeah. It's NIL. It is, it is the – let's take Florida out of this, okay? School X, okay, and the situation. This is exactly what is wrong for some people – in terms of what NIL has become. That's why it was on outside the lines today on ESPN. That's just what it is. It happens Current to be affairs. Florida. Thank you, Steve. Okay, Have Andrew. a great day. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, Ron says, reliable source told me this morning Rashad's difficulty arose because of his family attorneys. Uh, I mentioned that the other day. They were, I don't know the extent, Ron, but they were involved in this. He thinks it won't have a long-term effect, talking heads overplaying. Mm. Again, Ron, outside the lines today. National show. Kenny said, we talk about integrity and the Rashada situation. Feel integrity of the school is intact for the school's part. If UF felt they as an institution misled the kid, I feel they would release him day one. Because they haven't, I feel you have operated with integrity. And this is on the NIL contract with the kid. It does show money is the driving force for the kid, his agent, 
or his parents or all three. Kenny, to be fair, isn't any NIL deal driven by money? That's what it is. Any deal involves money. That, 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 that's what this is, good, bad, wrong, or right. That's our show for today. Thanks to Chris Doring. Thanks to Herm Everett from ESPN, the voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly, and pro football focuses Brad Spielberger. Thanks to Zach for producing. Thanks to you for tuning in and listening. We'll do it again tomorrow for a Friday edition of Sports Scene at noon. I'm Steve Russell, ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. U251CG Gainesville from the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios. We are ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM.